You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And a very good Tuesday morning to you, Marlins Nation. Thanks for rewinding with us. Steven Strom here. Marlins bounce back in a big way. What a come-from-behind victory. 5-4. to four. They are winners over the Cardinals in Game 1 of this series. As always, for the recap, here's your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, another come-from-behind win for the ages here at Lone Depot Park tonight as the Miami Marlins return home off a 3-3 three and three road trip through Boston and Atlanta. The Marlins come back for the 22nd time this season tonight. They are now 20-5 and in one-run games. A.J. Puck tonight with his 14th save here in 2023. Marlins got three massive runs on two hits in the bottom of the seventh inning, and they upend the St. Louis Cardinals by a final score of 5-4 to four here tonight. Marlins are now 49-37 and 37 this season. The Cardinals suffering another setback are 35-49. and 49. This was a ball game tonight that featured Braxton Garrett and Miles Michaelis. And Braxton Garrett really, truly has been one of the best starting pitchers, maybe the best starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins this season. He's coming off a win last Wednesday versus Boston. And coming into this ball game tonight, the Marlins had won eight of his last nine starts dating back to the middle of May. He was going opposite of the 34-year-old right-hander Miles Michaelis, who has allowed 16 earned runs in the first inning this season coming into this ball game tonight. Tied with the right-hander Johan Oviedo for the most in the National League and second to only Lance Lynn league-wide. So, that set the stage for this ball game here tonight. Braxton Garrett worked around a double and a single in the first inning by Arenado and Contreras to strike out Jordan Walker. And we were scoreless through a half inning of play here tonight. Bottom of the first inning, Luis Arise singled against Miles Michaelis. Jorge Soler doubled. And Brian De La Cruz played in the first run of the night for the Fish. 1-2, ground ball hit right side, fielded by Edmond. That's going to play to run. A productive out for Brian De La Cruz. The putout goes 4-3. It's an RBI for De La Cruz. Scoring from third is Luis Arise, and the Marlins have a 1-0 lead here in the first. Ah, just beautiful team. And the next man to bat for the Marlins in the bottom of the first inning was Jesus Sanchez. Move the runner over. Jesus Sanchez swinging a drive left field. It is scooting away from a diving walker. Can't make the catch. So Lair's going to score from third. It's an RBI double for Jesus Sanchez. It's 2-0 Miami here in the first. So the Marlins had themselves an early lead here tonight, but the Cardinals would start to chip away in the top of the second inning. After a couple of singles, Lars Newtbar, the left-handed hitting center fielder, batting ninth for the Cardinals tonight, came to the plate. Now here's a line drive that shot over the head of Joey Wendell into center field. Rounding third and scoring is Luke and Baker. This is now a 2-1 to ball game in favor of Miami here in the top of the second inning. Lars Newtbar with an RBI single. It was 2-1 to after two. And in the top of the third with nobody on and two out, Wilson Contreras facing Braxton Garrett would tie this ball game. Here's a swing of the drive hit deep left field. De La Cruz is back. He's at the wall looking up. It is gone. Wilson Contreras with a big fly. His ninth of the season. He has knotted this ball game at two here in the third. 
So it was 2-2 after three. Neither side got anything in the fourth or the fifth. After the couple of runs scored for the Marlins in the bottom of the first inning, Miles Michaelis was really nails all the way and up until the seventh inning in this ball game tonight. Anyway, it was a 2-2 game through five, and the Cardinals would take the lead in the sixth. Wilson Contreras doubled the lead off the sixth inning after a flyout by Jordan Walker to right and a strikeout by Luke and Baker. Skip Schumacher came out to get Braxton Garrett in favor of Andrew Nardi, who was facing Paul DeYoung, the shortstop. Payoff pitch to Paul DeYoung is swung on, hit deep down the right field line. Trouble. It's going to one-hop off the base of the wall. Cardinals are going to take the lead here in the top of the sixth inning. Throw comes in towards second base. It's not in time. It's 3-2 St. Louis. And that lead would only increase an inning later. Again, the Marlins were really being stifled at the plate. Miles Michaelis allowed a single in the second. After that, he was perfect in the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth. This was a 3-2 Cardinals lead going to the top of the seventh inning tonight. Waskar Brazoban would come in for Andrew Nardi after he walked the leadoff man Lars Newtbar. Edmund struck out swinging. Paul Goldschmidt singled. And then Nolan Arenado played the fourth run of the night for the Redbirds. Count is 2-1 and one in the pitch as a ball in the air to right field. Probably going to play to run. Sanchez sits back on the baseball. Tagging from third and scoring is Lars Newtbar. Now the Cardinals have a 4-2 lead. It's a sacrifice fly for Nolan Arenado. So it was 4-2 St. Louis at the seventh inning stretch tonight. Bottom of the seventh inning. With Miles Michaelis still in the ball game, he got Jesus Sanchez to bounce out to third base for out number one. But then he walked Garrett Cooper and Gene Segura. Andre Palante came into the ball game for the Cardinals. Joey Wendell was due up to face the right-hander, but Skip Schumacher continues to press all the right buttons. He went righty-righty matchup. He brought Yuli Gurriel in off the bench, and Gurriel did some serious damage. So Andre Palante facing Yuli Gurriel, first and second, one out. The pitch, line drive, down the right field, line base hit, rolling into the corner. Cooper's going to score. Segura's flying. Here comes the throw in towards the plate. It's a two-run, one-out double off the bench for Yuli Gurriel. And the Marlins have tied the ball game here in the seventh. Oh, man, and that is why I guess Skip Schumacher said, now is the time. So it was a tie game. Gurriel in a pinch off the bench, ties it in the seventh. But wait, the Marlins were not done. The next man to bat was Nick Fortes. 2-1 offering now to Nick Fortes from Andre Palante. He swung on it. Down the right field line, a base hit. Rounding third, John Birdie. Throw comes in towards the plate. It's not in time. Nick Fortes has given the Marlins the lead here in the bottom of the seventh inning. It's 5-4 Miami. What a bottom of the seventh inning for the Miami Marlins. Three runs on two hits. They took a 5-4 lead. In the eighth, Tanner Scott in the ballgame for the Marlins. He struck out Luke and Baker for out number one. Paul DeYoung singled. Dylan Carlson was hit by a pitch. Lars Newbar then flew out to right field. The Cardinals threatening in the eighth inning had runners at first and second base with two outs for the leadoff man, Tommy Edmond. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Edmond, and it's swung on and missed. Strike three. 
Got him with a slider, and the inning is over. So Tanner Scott escapes further trouble in the eighth. Marlins came up empty in the bottom of the eighth. This ball game would go to the ninth. Paul Goldschmidt led off the start of the ninth inning with a single off of A.J. Puck. Nolan Arenado would then pop out to the second baseman, Luis Arise. Following Arenado was Wilson Contreras. He was called out on strikes. It was a beautiful 3-2 sweeper on the outside corner from A.J. Puck. Nolan Gorman then pinch hit in the Jordan Walker spot in the lineup for the Cardinals in the top of the ninth inning. And Nolan Gorman represented the final chance for the Redbirds here tonight. Now there's two big outs here in the top of the ninth inning. The Marlins are an out away from winning this ball game in come-from-behind fashion. Nolan Gorman pinch hitting. First pitch, ground ball to the right of second. Bernie to Cooper. This ball game is over. It's the 20th one-run victory of the season for the Marlins. It's their 22nd come-from-behind win. Save number 14 for A.J. Puck. The Marlins take game one from St. Louis, 5-4. to four. That is one heck of a win for the Miami Marlins here tonight. For the Marlins in their winning effort, now with 49 wins and 37 losses this season. The Marlins five runs on six hits, no errors, one man left on base tonight. For the St. Louis Cardinals, four runs, 11 hits, no errors. They leave 10 men on base in this ballgame this evening. The winning pitcher is Waskar Brazoban. He is 3-1 this season. Andre Palante is the loser. He is 2-1 for the St. Louis Cardinals. The save goes to A.J. Puck, his 14th save in 16 tries this season. Playing their 84th game of the season tonight, the Cardinals suffer another setback. They're now 35-49 and 49 in 2023. Uh, the Miami Marlins are now 49-37 and 37 this season. Back to 12 games over 500 after just a terrific come-from-behind effort in this ballgame for the Miami Marlins here tonight. The Marlins in this ballgame struck out 11 St. Louis Cardinals, and that means... That $275 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer for every strikeout this season. $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down a list of what Skip Schumacher had to say after beating his former team in the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Skip, your team has had a lot of comeback wins this season. How would you describe this one tonight? We needed that win, I think, after getting swept in Atlanta, first game homestand on the homestand against a good team, big crowd. Um, felt like uh, this. We, we needed to stop the bleeding, and good teams stop the bleeding. They don't continue the streak, and, um, and I felt like you know today was the day. A move that ultimately paid off, Yuli pinch hitting. Was that more about the matchup between Yuli and Palante? Was that more about playing the reverse splits? Reverse splits. Palante's a reverse split. Um, we prepared the guys before the game that, that if Palante came in, um, you know, against a lefty, that to be ready. And to credit to Yuli and Birdie, they were ready. And um, huge hit, obviously, with um, men on base and two runs score. Fortes gets a good, uh, nice hit. And um, Birdie told me to pinch run him. Birdie pinch ran, so <laughs> that's credit to Birdie, uh, and he scores. And uh, but I thought you know the first inning with Daly getting him over, getting him in, got, kind of set the tone a little bit. If that's how we should play baseball, 
uh, Miles Miles was excellent. You know, I thought we were going to get to him, and then you look up and he's in the seventh. And um, so it was a it was a battle tonight against a really good pitcher and a good team, and uh, fortunate to win. Even before they have two walks from Cooper and Segura to be able to set that up and to set the up chasing. Chasing Miles to get to the bat. Just yeah. patience there. Yeah, Cooper um, didn't have any hits tonight, but he made him work. Um, a long at bat after long at bat, and um, and I felt like that got him out, ended up getting out of the game because Miles had a low pitch count there for a while. And uh, if you take away Cooper's at bats, he's probably still in the game. So yeah, both he, him, and Siggy. I thought Siggy th- hit hit the ball really well tonight. Still no love, unfortunately. But yeah, you're right. A couple big walks. Miles does not walk anybody, um, and you know set that inning up. What made Miles so hard to hit tonight? Miles is Miles has had a nice career, so it's it's not just tonight. But um, he's a strike thrower. Um, gets he doesn't punch out a lot of people, but he will. It just misses the barrel just enough. And when you have Gold Glove defense, he he lets them work. Um, and he has strikeout ability when he needs it. He's got a good curveball. His cutter slider is really good. He throws 95. It's not like he's, you know, it doesn't throw 88 or anything. So he's he's uh, he's a tough pitcher, and um, it was a good win against a tough pitcher. With Bryson in the sixth, was there any thought to let him face the young, or did you, it was going to be three batters that inning? Yeah, there was. I thought when uh, Contreras got the double, Nardi's been so good with runners on base, one of the best in the league. Um, and I felt like, you know, that was the time to get him uh, and to get DeYoung. Didn't work out. So hindsight, of course, it's the wrong move. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's part of this this job and this seat. And it sucks when it doesn't happen uh, the correct way. And, um, you know, you feel horrible for Brax. You feel bad for the team when because I make the move. Right. And um, and it's 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 not a good feeling when it doesn't work out. And um, but I don't think anybody feels worse than the Nardi and myself. But, yeah, like I I still trust Nardi with guys on base, runs in scoring position. He's been really good in dirty innings. I throw him out there again. Righty, lefty, doesn't matter. He's been really, really good. Um, Brax, 90 pitches through five and a third. Just felt like it was the time and uh, just didn't work out. Keep, you, you talk about Nadi um, and you make the, the change, but this game, basically, you, you make the change, um, bringing Julie Gorville to bat, then Bertie. How, how important is for you and how confident you are till this moment of the season, having this successful, this success? In your first season and then on MLB, how how you feel um, when you take all these decisions and they they are or they they those movements finish really well? Yeah, some work, some don't. I mean, that's just you prepare as much as you can and put your your job is to put the guys in the right situation to succeed. That's what this seat is. That's what our coaches do is we try to prepare to put them in the right position to succeed. It doesn't always work out. You know, tonight it worked out one of the times. The Nardi move didn't work out. I mean, just, you know, it's it's hard. This game is hard. um, And I think that's why you utilize your bench as much as you do, because when pinch hits come up, Yuli's been playing. Birdie's been playing. Uh, so I, I do feel like that's important to get guys in the game and get these starts because that that won the game. He won the game off of Plante. He's throwing 97 mile an hour cutters off the bench. It's not easy to do. And again, I trust Nardi um, and I throw him back out there tomorrow if it, in the same situation. You had to work around some traffic a little bit, but uh, Tanner in the eighth, Puck in the ninth, I've been doing it all year, but to see them maneuver around some trouble to 
keep it the one to keep it the one run. Yeah, it's a hard lineup to navigate through. Uh, very similar, in my opinion, to the Braves of like a bunch of righties, a bunch of lefties off the bench. Um, you got to pick your poison sometimes, and maybe keep the lefty in to so the lefty doesn't come off the bench. Um, Tanner did an excellent job. He's having a great year. I mean, he just really is. Uh, for me, he should be on that all-star team the way he's pitching puck, too. I mean, I, I got a couple guys I think should be on that team um, because they are throwing in leverage situations against the meat of the order every single time I put them out there. It's not just bottom of the order every time. Uh, puck had to go through the, the the heart of a really good offense and, um, and got out of it. And, um, no, I'm just proud of those guys. To feed up from Andres' question, um, Obviously, you have information, as you mentioned, with the regular splits with the Yuli against Palante, but how much do you balance the information you have with your feelings and the way you trust your players? Well, yeah, you... Luckily, I'd, uh, you know, I was kind of I was over there last year, um, and Palante's really tough on lefties. It's just what he is, and um, he's tough on righties, too. He's a good pitcher. So, uh, but you, you have to, you know, f trust your gut sometimes, and um, and... You know, when you have Yuli Gurriel on the bench, just like when Soler's not playing or some of the big guys aren't playing, you pick a spot during the game to, you know, take your shot. And um, I felt like that was the time. And Yuli, you look at his career, he's been pretty good in big situations. Um, he rolls over. We're not talking about this right now, you know. So uh, good players make coaches look good sometimes, and, and he made us look good and, and won the game for us. It ultimately didn't end up costing you guys, but the strike him out the roll down the second, was that a hit and run for a to go, or was that? Yeah, 3-2 three, three count. Yeah, uh, stardom. Uh, Miles is a guy that gets the ball on the ground a lot and uh, felt like J.D. was going to put it in play. Uh, threw a good slider, and Contreras has a cannon. So, um, again, probably shouldn't have started when that happens. Yeah. Skip, I know you saw the Cardinals obviously a lot during spring training, but knowing that these games count, you're obviously going to manage them a little bit differently. Having a, you know, a good feel for that Cardinals team, did it in any way, shape, or form maybe impact some of the decisions that you made tonight, or did that not really come Yeah, to not really. I mean, I knew Miles really well, and he gave up four hits. So, I mean, I, it's just tough. I mean, these guys are good. And, um, you know, we just we're lucky that we got a couple of those walks and, and Yuli got a big hit. So, yeah, you try to prepare as much as you can. And, um, and yeah, being over there, it's you, maybe you know the, the person a little bit more. But matching up, everybody has numbers. And, um, and, you, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Uh, and that's just kind of how it goes. With Yuli... He's been in the situation where you know he's had opportunities to win the game before this season. What you see definitely this time around that you may have not seen the first couple of times. You know, you go back to the Red Series, had the chance to walk it off, and then Toronto, you had the chance, I believe, to tie it. Yeah, but if you look at his career, he's been pretty good. So I trust his career. Um, I trust where he, what he's done in his career. That's why he's on this team to do what he just did, give guys breathers. If you look at what he's done this year and the spot starts that I've given him, it's been really, really good against tough pitchers. And so uh, I, I trust all of our guys in that spot, but especially a World Series champion who's done it before and won batting titles and that kind of thing. So I, I, I like Yuli anytime. Okay, Braxton Garrett, he went five and two thirds, seven hits, three runs, six punch outs. Let's hear what Brax had to say after the start. Brax, just overall, how would you assess this start for you tonight? Yeah, I thought I battled really well. It uh, wasn't super sharp, but, you know, made pitches when I had to. Got a couple of strikeouts with a curveball, which is different. So, yeah, battled with what we had. 
You really excelled at throwing first pitch strikes. Because of that, do you see hitters take a little bit more of an aggressive approach against you, knowing they're going to get most likely a strike in that first pitch? Yeah, it's something I think about. It's, you know, I try and pick out the batters pregame and figure out who might, you know, go out of their out of their usual ways and kind of pick pitches between me and Nick, like what we think will be good. But yeah, we think about it. A very even balance between your pitches, even when your stuff isn't, say, sharp, like you said tonight, just the importance knowing you still need to more or less throw everything in there to be effective. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's my game. Uh, even the changeup hasn't felt great lately, but got it in there a few times late. Um, yeah, again, curveball as well, um, getting strikes. So, yeah. How important was this win, especially after the way the Brave series went, to be able to just start things fresh again? Yeah, it's great. You know, I feel like we always come back when I when I pitch, we come back and win. But um, yeah, I was just waiting for it. As I said a million times, it's just a matter of time. The guys are going to get going. What do you do when you have pitches like that that aren't feeling great, but you still know you have to, we got to throw them? Just figure out maybe what I'm doing wrong with it, and maybe if we can't make the adjustment going forward, just try and try and use other pitches where we might not. Um, but yeah, just con- just trying to continue to have confidence even when it's not going well. Well, those intimidating right-handed batters in that lineup, how, what was the game plan going in for these guys? Yeah, I'm sure you're speaking of Arenado, Goldschmidt. Yeah, those guys are tough, really good right-handed hitters. You know, in my scouting report, I just say focus up and make good pitches. You know, I, I got to throw them everything for the most part and get stuff to good, good parts of the zone. Um, so it's just a matter of, of, of focusing and um, just making good quality pitches. Yuli coming up with the game-tying double, just with what he's meant for, the, for you guys in the clubhouse and in the spot start, to see him come up in a big moment like that. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I love seeing Yuli get in there. Um, yeah, he's just a great teammate. Uh, he's a winner. Um, yeah, I love Yuli. <laughs> I'm sorry? I was in the, uh, in the weight room, I think. Yeah, anytime we score runs, I'm out, I'm yelling, so. <laughs> All right, we are back at it. Happy 4th of July. It's going to be a 110 first pitch from Lone Depot Park. Come out and support these Marlins, man. It's so much fun. The atmosphere is electric. I've got Marlins on deck at 1240. As always, we hope you can join us. Let's flip the M together, Miami. It's the Marlins Radio Network, driven by Honor Nation. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.